My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. But it's an empty road I feel so alone I forgot what I'm fighting for When the weight of the world Keeps you up at night When you're running with no end inside Lot you and guest with us tonight lurking in the background we have leah and michelle and well playing the song again over no i'm sorry my mom came down and she's like you have two volumes going i think it's her own computer because there's not it's not double volumes no All right. good i i heard i'm hearing it we're okay so what part of what's going on here which is really super we i've had a lot of trouble since we had all that breakdown online of like ever since I, I didn't even want to say the name, the guy that does the child sex trafficking, the great guy from the used to be a Kinsey. CIA. No, can't say the name. Cause you say the name. I swear you're going to get flagged. Don't say it. Okay. Cause he used to work for a clandestine branch and they went after this hard cause it wasn't, a, it was a cyber attack. So anyway, but it, one of the problems has been to do a live stream live like Skype 
and being able to do it without getting a massive echo. And we solved that problem, which is good. And then Michelle's been working on new live stream software, which is really great because it allows, they've been having trouble with systems crashed. So we're doing a, we decided as they're going to test their system. I said, well, let's just come on over to a show. I think that was Michelle's suggestion. I'm like, yeah, it was my <laughs> suggestion. It was a good one. It's working. We're working it out. So you, there's, there's, if you go to Resistance Chick side, this is streaming on Facebook. And are you on Rumble yet? We are on Rumble. Yeah. You're on Rumble so if too. anybody actually wants to watch Scott's show, like yeah. because people do like to watch you, Scott yeah, Kesterson. We talked about having this kind of like Rush Limbaugh setup. Yeah, it's coming. So that people can actually watch you it's on coming. live stream. So it's not just going to be an audio cast. And you know what's so great? Yeah, what? I can help you make your show look as fancy as mine does. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it, you could pull up Rumble and, and look at how cool it is. I've got a side-by-side, -side and I've got, like, this really cool, like, background thing going, and it looks awesome. Oh, okay. Just have to go to Rumble and check it out. So here's what I want to know from the Podbeaners, and I could pull, I could, I could come up, I could go and join the chat there. I want to know what the audio sounds like from Leah and I. Hey, so, my big so on, because we've called you, in on your show from our cell phones, and it's junk. All right, so if you're listening to Michelle, you hear Michelle and Leah, give me a thumbs up if it's good audio. Oh, they got 5.5. Five. Is it good 5.5 five or is it bad 5.5? Five five? Wonderful, <laughs> someone says. Wonderful. They said, Jack Maladonna says, it's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Switchrod says 5.5. Five. Philip Weber says, it is 5.5 five five and wonderful. Excellent, says Lisa O. My mom had typed in the chat earlier, and she goes, I find myself trying to be quiet, LOL, when we were all like, shh, okay. So we're going we're gonna to start out with something that's, if you, if, as you know, when Leah gets a word, like you kind of sit back and buckle up your seatbelt. I'm ready. <clears throat> so we're going to we're gonna turn this over to Leah because she's got a word that she just got tonight. I want to hear it. Yeah, I actually got it earlier today. Um, we're in a little uh, group with a couple girls from Bards Fest. As you guys, some of you know the story. Um, Michelle prayed for, um, who did you pray for first? Bonnie. Bonnie. And Bonnie, uh, lady, Bonnie got old. filled with the Holy Ghost. And then near her was Leah. And I prophesied over Bonnie that there would be three more that would come into her circle. Because mm -hmm. she's, you know, kind of alone. You're young. Okay, you're that wait, young. wait. I got to interrupt you both. If, if yeah. you're watching on Rumble right now, you'll notice two new hats. Oh, these oh, were, these were yeah. hand so, handmade. Angie, Angie Howard. Mm -hmm. They say resistance chicks. Can you see on it? them? They mm -hmm. literally do. Wait, hang on. It's completely cool. Resistance chicks. Yeah. Yeah, they're so awesome. Thank you for pointing out the Howard's handmade. Howard's handmade. Dot com. Howard's handmade. Dot com. They've got, got soaps, salves, handmade stuff. There's a whole. Like crocheted quilts, or not quilt, but blanket on there. It's only like 200 bucks. Yep. Hey, so, out. and then one other thing real quick. I just want to call it out because I, you all know that we've got Everett Carson, who's part of B-Dads. He runs, he owns Carson's Footwear. It's yes. the only American-made uh, running shoe. And he's got a special going on. And this is just to help promote his stuff. I'm really excited about it. If you go over to CarsonFootwear.com and you use your... You use a promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. It's 10% off on anything on his website. Just that's awesome. A, that's good. So good good guy. Awesome dudes. He is truly fighting a war up there against... American-made, guys. None of that China junk. Right. And it's actually the only American, truly American-made running shoe, which means soles are made here, too, by the way. He's using wow. 1950s material equipment to do it, believe it or not. 
Well, then that means they're going to stay together. Yeah, exactly. They do. They're fantastic. And they're a natural soul, which means there's no lift on it. It's like you're, it, some people call them barefoot runners. They're not barefoot runners, okay. there's a, but they're just, they form to your foot. They're so comfortable. I have three pairs. Oh, they're awesome. cool. So well, we're awesome. getting a pair. You are. You each are getting a pair. I'm so excited. It's like yeah. Oprah. You get a shoe, you get a shoe. You get a shoe and you get a shoe. Well, what we heard was you get one shoe and I get the other shoe. That Yeah, that's not going to work. No. Uh, this no. three-legged race is garbage. <laughs> Just kidding. That's good. Just kidding. Okay, Leah. Yeah, so um, did Leah get, did the other Leah not? So anyway, so I'm prophesying at Oberbein there's going to be three more. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, another young lady is standing and she wants to be prayed for. And that's Leah. By me. That's Leah. Another Leah. It's spelled different than your name. L-E-I-A. And I and so I pull Bonnie over mm -hmm. to get help Leah get filled with the Holy Ghost. So mm -hmm. she just gets filled. She's gonna help me get Leah filled. She helps me get Leah filled, and um, and then when we finished, and I looked at Bonnie and I said, Oh my gosh, she's one of the three. And then when I said that, immediately they came together. Watch this. I had these two little magnets, right? They came together. I didn't show that on camera. It was like they. Okay, that was an epic fail. They came together like magnets. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they gave each other this hug and embrace. Then Alexandria, who was also at Bard's Fest, I'm fast forwarding. And then we were at the Night of Freedom. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers that, that uh, Scott Kesterson did in Oregon and we were here in Ohio. Pastor Neil Peterson's niece, Abigail, becomes the fourth one. Yeah, and they're all between 15 and 17. Um, and they're just uh, wonderful, beautiful young women of God. Two are homeschooled, two are public schooled. And we've been in conversations um, back and forth with them. Abigail is going, is making, at my request, she... Uh, is making a video on public school versus homeschool because she hasn't always been homeschooled. It's going to be fire. She's working on it really hard. I can't wait to put that out. We're going to share that out everywhere because she started to tell us all, all the great things and all the differences between public school and homeschool. Leah is still in public school right now. Uh, we're uh, we're working on her to, to get out as quick as possible. Uh, she's like, well, maybe I'll finish out the year. And we're Keep like, in mind, keep in mind, these are all, outside of Abigail, these are all B-dads. These are, yeah. Be three, dad kids. The three, the three, yeah, be okay. dad kids. It's all from Bards okay. Fest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're all Bards Fest. Uh, so it's great because they're all, like, red-pilled. So it's a, it's a different dynamic that I'm working with, with with these young people. And they're so on fire. And because they understand the truth, because their parents um, have, have given them uh, a foundation. And with Alexandria, her aunt was actually uh, the, the, the wonderful lady that brought her. So it's really great for Alexandria to have um, her mom and her aunt uh, red-pilled and... And also now spirit-filled, so powerful. So these young ladies, they are um, getting, they're, they're, these, they're like newly fire, fire. Uh, Abigail's had fire, but now her fire is lit even greater. And when I listen to them, they're, I'm on a little uh, uh, video chat with them, and uh, I get to hear them go back and forth a little bit. And then I, we have a little group where if they have something specific they want to share with us, they can. I've been encouraging them at their parents' permission, and their parents have given them permission, to start making some videos themselves for their generation. Because uh, Leah has a absolute beautiful take on marriage that everybody needs. And here's the thing. People can say, well, you don't know any, you know, until you won't know about marriage, you can't give advice on marriage until you're married. Actually, you need to know the purpose and the form and the reasons and the ins and outs of marriage before you get married. Because if you do not, you'll end up in the, the divorce rate of 50%. So these girls are laying a tremendous foundation for family. Uh, even Abigail today, she just, I literally teared up when she told me this. She was, I was listening to a video. She goes, and I just love to serve. She goes, I was 
I was matching the socks for my, my, my siblings and I was pr like praying over them. And I was just so overjoyed to be of service to them. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is it. This is how we change the world. This love, this self-sacrifice. They're all praying to God that God would use them in a mighty powerful way. Leah tells me that, um, her mom is going to go to the school board because they've got, um, homosexual and lesbian books that are being taught to, uh, preschoolers. Now, I think that we have become, especially in our world, the conservative world, too soft uh, or not as outraged. I mean, we're completely outraged on it. But to hear Leah talk about it, she said these, and, and, and here's the thing, she's 17. She No, she's 15. Leah's 15. Um, Leah is 15 years old, and she has a better understanding and a more articulate understanding on marriage. And now she has a more articulate understanding on why children should not be exposed to the LGBTQ agenda than pretty much any one of us could articulate. And that's why I'm encouraging them both to make videos and Abigail is. And I dropped something in their court and they picked it up and they, they've they been running with it. And Leah was talking about the boys in her school and how um, a lot of them are violent. Uh, they're, they're not really there. There's not a lot of uh, good relationships. Most of the kids in her school are hooking up. They're sleeping around. They have no uh, true connections with each other. And she said, you know, these young men in their are going to have to, in their 20s and 30s, are going to have to go back and work through their teenage years. And she, it was just a wonderful thing because I, I dropped something in their court and I, I was telling, I was encouraging Leah. I said, Leah, maybe we can get you out of public school sooner rather than later. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't need to finish out this year. Maybe, maybe not. And I was saying, think about these boys. And and I tell you what, guys, I've been talking to a lot of people about public school versus homeschool and why to get your kids out of school. And the number one thing that I've I've really settled on now is specifically boys, but girls too. But I, it, it, when you see it through the lens of the boys, you you get it. Little boys, it is child abuse to put a boy it, to make him sit in a classroom for eight hours a day. Amen. There is nothing, and it's a prison. And these girls are literally running with it. It's a prison. Abigail's like, Leah, you got to get out of there. You're in prison. <laughs> She's like, you're running with it. You're in prison. You're in prison. You got to get out of there. You're in prison because when you wake up to a truth like that, yeah, you got to get out of there. And I tell you what, I said a prayer um, after we saw there's a there's a documentary out that we want to get a screening somehow to you guys, or it's going to be locally. It's called dysphoria. Rhonda uh, Miller from uh, the, the Kinsey expert who um, is just absolutely amazing. She was at Bards Fest. She has friends who um, they made a, a video on, on the sexualization of kids uh, through Kinsey, but now they've made one called dysphoria. You guys know uh, when it comes to gender dysphoria, that's where they're getting the name from on, on, on how kids are being brainwashed into thinking that they're in the wrong body. And there are several parents in this documentary who you might recognize. I didn't know their names. I hadn't really seen them, but many of you will. They've done the circuits. They've been on all the shows uh, with usually like girls who have been brainwashed by teachers to think that they are in the wrong body. Specifically, there was one story of a uh, a 13-year-old girl, eighth grade, who 
wanted to stay after school to an extra art class. And this art teacher said, you uh, came up to her and said, do you want to stay for this art class? And so it was an extracurriculum art class. Well, when she gets there, it's not an art class. The teacher lies and it is a gender class. And she spends an hour and a half telling them about all the gender spectrum and all these different things. And this teacher says, if you are uncomfortable in your body, then you are transgender. Well, who at 13 year old is not uncomfortable in their body? So this 13 year old comes home to her parents and says, I'm in the wrong body. Well, the parents are flipping out because they thought their child was going to art class. Lo and behold, uh, her teacher is the, um, the, the gender LGBT liaison for the school. Not only that, her partner in this organization that they have, I don't know what, what it was called, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a countrywide organization, is a, 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 a cultist Satanist, legit cultist Satanist, like not, not the fake Satanist, but like mm -hmm. legit Satanist, yeah. worship Satan. And she's like, oh my gosh, I, now, I'm, now I'm dealing with the crazy Satanist guy and this this uh, this this brainwasher of my child, there was there were a couple other stories of that with moms whose daughters are coming home saying, "I think I'm a boy." And it was because somebody had put that in their in their mind. Now, the good news is with this story, uh, they the, the the dad finally um uh, was able to break the the stronghold on his daughter's mind. his His daughter was in a chat. these they groom, right? So these adult transgenders get in these chats with these girls and they start to say things like, your parents don't know anything. Your parents don't love you. We love you. We accept you for who you are. And um, one of the things that um, the, the child was saying was that your parents don't love you. So they got a hold. They saw this chat. The dad sits down and says, for real, do you really don't think we you do you do you think we, we do not love you? And she broke down crying. No, I don't want to be transgender. I know that you love me. And they saved their daughter. But that's one good story. You've heard of a, a hundred others. You know, you see the dads whose um, parent, whose whose wives are painting their little boys' fingernails and then put them in the dresses, and then suddenly that there's a there's a case with a man in Texas, who uh, uh, the supreme the the Texas Supreme Court Texas Supreme Court uh, gave full custody to the mom who's transitioning the boy, but the boy does not present as a girl when he's with his dad. He presents as a boy. Uh, and so these are all uh, very crazy situations. So I've been, I was presenting these uh, to these young ladies and I knew that I, you know, there's some things that I think are too much for young people, but they're, they are in it on a daily basis. They're seeing it. And the reason I, the Lord spoke to me and he said, um, Leah, this generation, generation Z, the ones in elementary, the ones in preschool, the ones being born right now, they are the forgotten generations. We have forgotten about them. We've forgotten how to parent. We've forgotten how to love them. We've forgotten how to bring them up. When I've talked to my young, my young ladies, my girls here, they are completely and utterly outraged of what's happening to the young people around them. And Leah particularly has a really great explanation on um, homosexuality. And she said that they need to know that they are made in the image of God and they're going to wake up. And they have such a compassion um, for all the LGBT community. Abigail was actually confronted by a lesbian who said, you, a Christian, you're the reason why the LGBT commits suicide. Now, what is a 16-year-old? How does a 16-year-old respond? Well, she wanted to snap back, and, and she didn't. 
she didn't. She asked the Holy Spirit on what to do. She 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 got control of her emotions, and she spoke to that that young lady uh, the truth of God. And she said, you know, you're made in the image of God, and I'm fighting for you to see yourself as made in the image of God. And it was absolutely beautiful. And um, Abigail got a got this this. She was up. Listen, these girls are these girls are praying. Okay. Abigail was woken by at three or four in the morning, and she said, "These churches, they're not doing anything. They're not fighting right." She said she started to, and this is where I'll, I'll bring Scott in in a minute because she had a question. For, <laughs> His own show. No, no. For, okay, well, I'm giving the word, but I'm gonna bring the word to to Scott because I actually haven't got, I haven't actually given the word yet. Um, I'm, I'm I'll be the, here in the, a minute. It's a guest. Don't worry here. about it. But Abigail had. <laughs> Abigail had been praying. She got she was awoken at three or four in the morning, and she said that she started to pray for the churches. She felt this heaviness that the churches were not doing what God wanted them to do. They weren't fighting the fight. They weren't fighting the devil. And she goes, "I just heard the word Leviathan, Leah, and I felt this this like stronghold." And she goes, "I just want to know how do I fight the strongholds in the churches to wake them up because the devil has the churches asleep." And she's like, they're they're not fighting, they're not fighting, they're not doing what they're they're called to do. And she's she literally did, makes this message, and she says, Leah and Michelle, what do I do? How do I take down these strongholds? Because I even feel it, where like in every church, she goes, I don't feel like they're doing what God's called them to do. And so I'll give you kind of my part of my word, and then we, and then I think we can sit on the answer here as as a group. So the word that I got, I literally was in tears today. I came home as I'm listening to these these young ladies who are praying, who are in tears. Uh, Leah had a, had the same kind of word that she wanted. Make sure you listen to my word. And she's she's think she's got these whole. She wants questions. She her question was, uh, how does my how do my mom and I go to the school board uh, to deal with um, and try to show them that they cannot brainwash three and four year olds on what homosexuality is and what what lesbianism is. How do we how do we address that? And that was kind of her question there uh, and kind of a prayer in that direction. And I love that these girls want to fight in this direction. And I was thinking about how the left takes a hold of young people because they're they're so passionate on fire. And when you can get a hold of young people who are passionate on fire with the power and the love of God, then you need to funnel them into areas where they can actually be of use and of service, which is what the left does. And I remember being a teenager and kind of here's where this word was, is percolating inside of me. When I was a teenager, I was just like these young girls. I was on fire. I'd gotten baptized with the Holy Spirit. We were moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I was moving the gifts of the Holy Spirit with with a lot of my peers. And I remember going to Raymond Bible Training Center and and we want to move in the gifts and we want to see people healed and we want to see revival and we want to see all these things. And the Lord had spoke to me and he said, Leah, you've hit a ceiling with the gifts of the Spirit. And then then he sent me into taking care and and obviously Michelle and my mom into taking care of my grandma and my uncle where we learned service. But in truth and in reality, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be used to move in the political and governmental realm Amen. so that these things do not, uh, th 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 so that God's government is set up on, on the planet, okay? And a heaviness came on me and I looked around and I'm looking at all of you and I realized that um, my generation, I am, I'm in the same generation of these girls' moms and dads. I am, that's my generation. I'm, I'm in your, your parents' generation. And, um, and I'm and no offense to your parents. Okay. 
No offense to your parents. Do not take offense, parents. Um, but please be pricked in your heart mm. because we have forgotten this generation. There is no way on the planet that God wants 15, 16, and 17 year olds to have to pray at three in the morning come on. so that churches will wake up yeah. to have to come and ask me, mm-hmm. how do I talk to the school board yeah. so that I can help protect three and four year olds to not hear about sodomy? Wow. Okay. Or what lesbians do right. or two mommies or two daddies. Right. That is not something that a 15 year, 16 or 17 year old girl is supposed to do. Right. And that, and, and we have spent, and I will tell you our generation and Scott's generation is the one. And I, I was, I could see the generation, Scott's generation, my mom's generation, and then his parents, my grandparents' generation, we, that the, these, all these generations, the Kurt Cobain generations, the Elvis Presley generations, the big band generation, they all went after their flesh. Mm. They all went after money and their flesh. Mm-hmm. So they did sexuality and relationships through their flesh. Mm-hmm. They did jobs and money through their flesh. And, and as a result, but as they let in the Kinsey's, as they, as they, as they open the door to contraceptions to Margaret Sanger, mm-hmm. They have forgotten a generation that is now being so utterly and completely abused Mm -hmm. that we've got and and that God is calling upon an army of young people who are not as um, broken and as 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 sinful as we were and as we are. And I was looking at my friends, my Christian friends, and you know who you are. You failed. Mm. You failed. You failed. And I warned you, I warned you, this is the word the Lord gave me. I warned you guys, do not send your children to public school. I warned them. I'm 17, 18, 19 years old. If everyone in my generation, if all of my Christian friends had gotten the same message that I got, if you had stood with me, then we would not be standing here with these young girls asking me, how do I approach this generation and tell them not to cut their chest off? Wow. Because I warned you, and God did send prophets to warn you, but you decided, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get my degree, I'm going to live my life, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have my kids, and now your kids are coming to you with either friends who have are by, uh, by whatever, multi-sexual, whatever it is that's happening right now, and you're like, it's all cropped up out of nowhere. It didn't crop out of nowhere, you sowed, you sowed the seed. Scott's generation sowed the seed. Our grandparents' generation, they all sowed the seed. My generation, the Green Day generation. You guys think that that all that stuff was benign. It literally sowed the seed so that this generation, the Generation Z right now, is the most lonely generation. I just saw an article that boys don't know how to ask girls out on a date. Now, I'm not a big on dater. I'm, I'm a courtship person. The, the, the thing of it is they don't know how to communicate. With the opposite gender, they don't know how to communicate. These children have no mothers. They're put in daycares. We have forgotten them. And not only that, is every single school now is filled with this gender ideology nonsense. And when you see this documenting dysphoria, when you know what's being taught in these schools, I'm not going to tell you what should happen because I'm on Facebook. But I will tell you in the spirit realm what the Lord told me is begin to pray that these young people see it, mm. that they realize that those buildings are buildings of sex trafficking, sodomy, Sodom and Gomorrah, and child exploitation and molestation and child abuse. 
And here's, here's our key. Here's our winning key. In every single one of these diversity, equity, inclusion, the social, emotional learning that is all based on sexuality and it's totally sexualizing kids, they all say that children are um, autonomous and some parents have lost their children over gender transitions because the schools say that children have a right to their own autonomy, their own sexual decisions and all these things. Okay, I'm going to meet you on your battlefield then the children have a right not to go to school. If the children are telling you what they need, what they want, be supportive. So children, what you need and what you want is to get out of those schools. And, and you need to know deep inside of your heart that that is a prison. And if you leave, then, then you have a right to leave because you are autonomous and that is your body, that is your mind, that is your soul. And no one has a right to do to you to do to your body, to, to rape your mind, to rape your body, to keep you kidnapped. And so my goal is that there will be a nationwide, worldwide walkout. And if we are going to, if we are legitimately going to give these children the right to the autonomy of their bodies, like you are with your sexual transitions, kids know best, kids know what they need. Okay, kids, time to, time to, you can, you can do this. And I'm going to call on every child to leave their daycares to leave their public schools and to never go back and to refuse to go back and then see what happens. That's genius. So that's the word that's that's the word that I've got and and you guys can can jump in here. No. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I think that was a 25 minute monologue. Yeah. Is that 30, right, Kesterson? 30. Well, I was gonna do I was gonna do a video. I know. And good. I said, hey, let's go. I on. love it. Yeah. I, it was excellent. Yeah. We were captivated. Yes. Now, I do have, and this is completely unrelated, so I do have that clip. I think I can play it. I worked hard for you on that. We can play it later. We can talk about this first. Yes, but yeah. it's, not, it's unrelated okay. to this, so okay, we'll cool. talk about this first. Okay. Scott Kesterson, would you like to talk on your show? Uh, that's be amazing. Can I? Yes. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. It's cool. Um, actually, it's, not the, it's interesting what you just said, Leah, because it's not the first time I've heard that word, and I heard it word recently, and it was exactly that. And I, and I have to be honest with you, I don't remember if the word was given to me or if the word was shared with me, because it goes back about three months. But it had to do with children raising up and literally taking control of the schools and fighting back by speaking words and protesting against the teachers, that the true revolution was going to begin. And it, so this was someone who shared with me. I'm trying to think who it was. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not important for this. But that the word was that the children would start rising up and pushing back on teachers and refusing to be participant in schools and that the true sense of the awakening would happen when the schools were taken over by children, the public schools. So as you're pushing for a walk, I don't disagree. But it was even further than that, that they would literally take it over and they would just refuse to participate. They would go on boycotts. They would go on strikes. Mm -hmm. So that's a really powerful. I mean, that's a confirmation. I think God's really moving pretty powerfully there. And I agree with you because we, this is, I mean, really what this is, is turning the entire concept of the communist revolution on its head, which I'm all about. Because they use youth as a weapon against the parents. So as we've been talking about, for example, the, the migrants, the illegals, seven and a half million of them here. And we're looking at it the wrong way. God has put this on my heart. He's also, the, the speaker they had down in um, God Tidings last weekend which I'm going to just slip the name on right now. But anyway, 
Um, I was going to go down and see him last week, and I didn't. He said the same thing on Sunday. He runs a ministry in Mexico. And the word was, you have to stop looking at them as your enemy and start bringing them into the body of Christ because they're ripe. They're, they're, they're going to be good people in this country, and we have to start bringing them in, introducing them to the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and all of this, and in, in infusing them with, with the belief in Jesus. And turn, take it away and strip it away from the deep state as their army and turn it into God's people. And I think this yeah. is the same issue with children. Like, encourage them to take charge. If they're gonna if they're gonna force feed you this garbage, brainwash you, lead you to mutilating yourself so you'll never have the opportunity to have a family. And that's the one thing I just keep saying over and over. Every parent that is walking their children, oh you're on Facebook, aren't you? I gotta be careful what I say. Every parent that it was walking their children into this sacrifice for ball and moloch for the sanctity of their own well-being so when they go sip lattes with their ladies friends that they can talk about their new transgender kid like it's a new toy you're sick to begin with and that's good you're, you're absolutely sick and well, i we really can transfer do you want to transfer out of facebook and just go to Rumble? no we can say what I, we want Sorry. No, you can't. You can. Not we Facebook. do. We do. No, uh, I'm, I'm, if we want to okay. be free to say what we want, you drop. We drop Facebook like a hot potato. Hot potato. <laughs> I can drop, I can so drop the, Facebook if you would like. I to. drop them. Oh, jeez. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, and so I know I'm we're just going to keep going. It's all right. Platforms here. It, I'm going to grab the link for Rumble. I'm going to drop it in the chat on Facebook. Okay. So I mean, the, the we'll point of this is, is that parents that are, are participant in this, this worship and sacrifice. You're doing so for all the wrong reasons. One, if you're having to go to a psychologist to have them tell you that your child is confused, you're confused. That's the first step. Mm. And the second part is the psychologists are all trained to be Satanist anyway. They're all trained on a Satanist model. So they have no idea what they're doing other than to bring you right into the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you truly believe as a parent that your child is born imperfect, mm. I would look in the mirror because that mm. means you're totally derailed in your life. That means you are mm -hmm. bringing in imperfect children. Wow. So that's on you. That's not on your child, and you're so screwed up in your head that you're truly believing that the child that you brought into this world is imperfect, mm -hmm. which then that shows you in your relationship with God, because then you think that God's imperfect, which he's not, and that means wow. that the gift you were given, the greatest and most precious gift you could give to somebody, to steward a child, you have literally taken it upon yourself to have them mutilated Mm -hmm. and prevent them from having children in the future. And I hope mm -hmm. that weighs heavy because that means you'll never have grandkids. And don't start doing this thing like men can have babies and we can incubate kids because it's just going to be a genetic soup mess anyway. So you've actually not only, you've not only screwed up your entire bloodline for your children, you've screwed up your entire bloodline for your family for generations to come. Mm -hmm. You have put a curse upon your family, which is going to be a blood curse that's going to carry for generations unless we can get to your children and help deliver them from this mess and mm. separate them from the this sort of spiritual bonds and soul ties that they have with you because you're such a derailed mess as parents doing this to your kids. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is a reality. I mean, because this is true spiritual healing. And just for the word that I've had, which fits in so well here, God has said that the bloodlines, the family of the bloodlines, the bloodlines will not endure where the spiritual families will. Mm. And that's because of this stupidity of parents literally doing this to their kids. I mean, this, this stuff just gets me, when it comes down to all this, the children and the school indoctrination, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wholly, 
fully supportive of what you're saying here, Lee. Like, please, kids, like, walk out. Seriously. Yeah. But here's the bottom line. They can, it can't go farther than the family unless the family is dysfunctional. So if the family is allowing it, encouraging it, or just even allowing it, you got a problem. And if you're truly trusting public schools at this point in time, I'm going to question your sanity to begin with. And it's, and it's like, at this point, I could see this three years ago, we could sit and have this argument. You could be going, I've had not had a problem with public schools. Okay, got it. Three years on after they forced on masks, forced injections, they've done huge, like, punitive measures in schools if children didn't comply. Then you've got this ridiculousness of common core. Then we do gender theory or, or whatever, race theory. And then we do, then we do that, which is guilt theory, how to be guilty for being the race that you are. And then how to be, and then how to reprogram you called Q, queer theory. So that since you're guilty, we can put upon you a new brain overlay that says that since you must be guilty for being white or yeah. whatever you are, now we can program you to be something alternate that you can choose. And the parents go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have my child surgically mutilated. So we just dropped Facebook. So go ahead and, and, and unleash uh, however you He probably thought choose. we already had. It's, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's gone. No, and, and it's true. We shouldn't have to censor ourselves uh, to say these things. And that's what the big thing is that I was feeling pretty heavy about um, was that my generation, your generation, our parents, we talk about it a little bit, but what I, what I was hearing from, from these young ladies was they are calling it like it is, this is child abuse. And, and, and the passion deep inside of them was like, we have to convince, like, I think it's because they are looking these people, these young people in the eyes every mm -hmm. day. They know that they're experiencing it with them. They're experiencing something. Um, they're, they're like seeing them at work every day, basically. Mm -hmm. And so for you and I, I'm not seeing them every day. I'm not, they're not in my, my periphery. Uh, if you're in public school, that's, you're around it all day, every day. That's who you're around. Yep. The teachers, I think, um, one of them uh, was telling, one of them had, had experienced a, a teacher doing this, um, to them, to them saying that, you know, you're, we're all on a spectrum and, um, it, it, you know, it, it's just, it, I can't imagine that, you know, and it's, we, we gave up on fighting the enemy and now we have to teach them. Okay. And so maybe we can pivot here, Scott, to the question uh, of, uh, of Abigail and Leah, mm -hmm. how do we equip them? to fight these very real in-your-face demons. And to Abigail's point, she felt Leviathan in the churches, and she said, Leah, I need help. I was praying at 3 in the morning, 16 years old, to get Leviathan out of the churches. You know, there's no stronger prayers than these prayers of youth and children. There is no stronger prayers. They're more pure than anything we have out there. And I, I'm hearing what you're saying. We aren't teaching them well enough. We aren't teaching them offensive spiritual warfare. And I, we're trying to, I'm modeling some of this on the shows lately, which I think is important, is to really, like today, I'm, <laughs> I was on fire. That's what happens when you drink a coffee that you haven't been drinking for a while and then you get a that's good That's when I sleep. send you the gift of a person patting themselves on the back. Oh, that's okay. That was Whatever. on fire. It was. It was a good show on bended knee. I literally like took on, it was like we were spraying into the principalities today. And the thing is that that's the point is that 
they don't have enough adults saying like, this is where we go and listening to Holy Spirit and guiding them. You know, like these youth are, are not equipped because the churches don't teach them to be baptized in fire. I know you have, but mm. I'm saying they don't get this. They don't understand how to listen to the voice of God. They don't understand how to walk in second heaven. They don't understand how to engage in truly in warfare and to be under, able to understand in the demonic sense of how much you can diminish demons just by using the word of Jesus and how much you can break those chains and bonds. Well, let and, me jump in here yeah, real quick yeah, because yeah. Abigail, to Abigail's question, she was raised that way. She was in a church like that. And um, this is this may be a new concept for you, Scott, uh, because you went straight into Glad Tidings Church. Uh, but for me, what I felt when I was talking to her was I felt like my generation of spirit-filled believers who believed in spiritual warfare, who would go into the second heavens and, and, and demand and make decrees and ask for healing and different things like that, mm -hmm. um, that the churches are not doing that in these really important areas like gender confusion. Correct. Like they're just not there. The, 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 the Soria documentary, no church is playing this yet so far. Uh, we're we're going to see if Neil might play it with a few cuts. Um, I understand why churches might not want an F-bomb in there. But um, these... the F-bomb didn't bother me. It was, and I told this to Scott, it was the the fact that they that they played and they need to play. And you guys got to stop shying away from this stuff. It needs to be shown because if you don't see what they're actually doing, you're not repulsed enough to do parade. anything the about it. Okay, so but here, here, just real quick here, because I played a clip like this just exactly to this point in Bards FM tonight. And it was a guy that said he was being rebuked because he talked about homosexuality at the pulpit. And his response was, that's why the churches are losing. Because you don't have the courage to speak of these things and to show them in the church and to wake Christians up. And, and that's it, the spirit that Abigail felt. Right. The spirit of Leviathan has the pastors choked in fear. Right. It's a spirit. It's not, they're not, I wouldn't even say, Scott, that they're cowards. I would say that the pastors are choked. Their voice box is choked. When they go to try to talk about these things, uh -huh. it's a demonic spirit that has them choked. That's good. I, I think that's and, good. I'm actually, it's a different way of looking at the problem because I'm always wailing on the pulpit anyway. But it's a different way of looking at the problem because that means we can, we can cast it out. Yes. We can. And that's a huge thing. The problem, I think that part of it, though, and this was again to that piece tonight, and I've, I've talked to the same thing, that the gateway in for that is the emphasis which churches are placing on the money rather than the message. Oh, okay. Money and message. Right. So this is critical because as, you're, as these churches have become businesses, which effectively they have, they're, they're opening a gateway up for Leviathan to step in versus... Oh. Versus being able to stand up there and not have that as your primary motive. I mean, the, and when we when you hear a pastor st stick up there and and say we need you to tithe, what the translation of that is? We have bills to pay and my salary to pay. I, I'm just being right. honest. That's good. Okay, it's not. Do you need to tithe from the heart for God? It's you need to tithe so we can pay for this overhead that we've created and my salary. So it's that is a that's that's Pharisee stuff. Ultimately, I mean, that's the problem. And the churches have taken that pathway. Yeah. And that's where I think that, to your point, it is a spirit that steps in there. And it does choke mm -hmm. them off. And it is a fear. Because if they don't fill the pews, they don't pay the bills. 
That's good. And so the, the, the whole message mm. gets, gets watered down. And so instead of having Holy Spirit there, you just, and this is where, and this is where I've been arguing this lately. Instead of having Holy Spirit, you end up with the army of doctrinists. Mm. And they step in and they go, whoa, whoa, can't do that. And they become yeah. rigid in the word instead of rigid in, in the faith and the word of Jesus. They become rigid in the spoke, in the uh, written word of exactly, like, don't do that. Like, don't do that. And then you bring up stuff like, you know, deliverance. Are you talking? They're like, well, that was the old way. That's what they, that's how you get, that's how you get rid of the Holy Spirit. You go, oh, that was what it used to be. We don't do that anymore. I'd like to turn a scripture uh, on its head a little bit. Uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. Yeah. The fear of money is also the love of money. Mm. Oh, and good. so if you if you take the if you if you do it for a mental exercise mm -hmm. and say the fear of not having money is the root of all evil. That's good. And so I would say the fear of not having enough money opens the door to Satan. Wow. And so with these churches, mm -hmm. is that their fear of not having enough money and their love for money rather than the love for the people has opened up the door for the demonic and now they're choked by this spirit and that's what Abigail is feeling in all these churches. And here she is, 16 years old, crying over onto the side, feeling for these boys in public schools, feeling for the pornography. She shouldn't have to do this, by the way, she's 16. Uh, but she's praying and she's praying. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And this was another part of the word. I saw this and I want, I want you girls, if you're listening back to see it, the Lord said, do not fan, it's, it's, it's not that I'm fanning the flame for these young ladies and for any of you young people or any, any of you out there that are listening. It's that I'm giving you logs because fanning the flame will burn your logs away and you'll have nothing left, which is what IHOP does, which is what a lot of these, and I love Evelation worship and I love the worship, okay? That's not my point. But these worship leaders, if they are not giving you logs, the logs are... Uh, take the anointing to the LGBT community and break the chains. Yes. Take the anointing to the government and break the chains. That's a log that will fuel your fire. Okay. And so the Lord said to give these young ladies um, the logs of, hey, Leah, tell them what the real tell them what the real problems are and ask them to pray. She was praying for the churches in China, praying for the churches in India, praying for the churches around the world. And she started to see in the spirit realm uh, all the evil that was truly happening. And when you have this, the, the idea of being filled with the spirit is to be able to go into the dark places where the evil truly is and to utterly destroy it. And but but the problem is, is the church is so afraid, probably a lot of because of money. To, and they're so they're staying on the periphery. You know, in, in Ohio, and I was trying to tell this to Matt Thayer on the phone the, uh, the other day when I spoke to him. Um, he, I said something about the judgment it's going to come upon Ohioans for issue one. He goes, well, I'm not so sure that your, your election wasn't maybe rigged or something like that. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> um, these churches wouldn't allow some of my friends to even put pamphlets in their church to explain what issue one was all about, which is abortion up to birth, transgender surgeries, um, and, and you will be prosecuted a father who wants to stop a pedophile of 30 years old from taking his 12 year old daughter to get an abortion. It's illegal to try. It's illegal to stop that man from taking a 12 year old to get an abortion. Um, it's not illegal, but it's, it's on the books. So if these churches are not screaming yeah. out in utter horror, 
what are they doing? And that's what these girls are feeling in the spirit realm. Yeah. And they're asking us, if you're listening now, they're asking us to join them. Will you feel the pain? Will you feel the torment? And will you go with them in the spirit? They're asking for answers because now these girls, they have the fire. Yeah. And they want the fuel. And now they have the fuel, but they need the rest of us to come around them and to work with them to, to fan the fire of the Holy Spirit so we can burn out this sin. That's yes, good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, this is, you mentioned our generation. I mean, it's each generation consecutively has been, we've walked away from the critical things. My generation is really guilty because we did nothing. I mean, it literally, I mean, we, we just went like, Nowhere, but the best good thing about my generation is that there is a great awakening happening because now it's like, okay, parenting's been done. They're kind of sitting in this later life going, okay, wait a minute, we didn't grow up that way. Mm-hmm. And so there is a really significant in the this, I guess, what am I, Gen, whatever, I don't know what I am, Gen X, or not Gen X, I don't know what I am, doesn't matter. That generation is a super important generation because he's a boomer, but he doesn't you know, want to admit it. I'm a boomer. Okay, I'm a boomer. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's so important is that there is an awakening happening here now to say, Hey, that's not the way we grew up. And we're doing a lot of that reflection because we grew up before tech and then we add tech put on us yeah. and we've seen the two worlds. So if you want to do like analog and digital, we've seen them both. And we really like analog better than digital. To be honest with you. We're like, this is dumb. And we yeah. used to, we, we did things like, and we had that world of, of you know, being outside, freedom-wise, and yeah. and enjoying the the real world. We I grew up in a neighborhood, literally, where I could at four years old, I could walk down to the end of the street and over to the park, and hang out there for my until my parents came over and picked me up, and I was okay. It was safe. Nobody neighbors looked out for you. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a community that everybody looked out for one another. We did too. Oh my gosh, the places mom let us go. She right. did, yeah. And I and you're I look at you're like three or four years old. Bye, kids. See you next you know, ne- tomorrow. No, they came we came home by sundown. It's crazy. I would never let kids out like that. Right. I mean, we had we lived in a, in one of the neighborhoods we lived in. There was a dairy farm, and you could about two miles away. And I was in first grade, and I'd get on my bike and I would ride over to the dairy farm and meet my friend whose family owned the dairy farm. Two, I mean, just two, by myself. Two miles away on a bike. Yeah, it's miles, pretty big at, at, for kids. In first, first in first grade. Right. So, I mean, the, the whole world changed yeah. and it changed to a radically negative way. And it, it's yeah. and the more that we got into tech, the worse it's become. Ooh, that's so, so good. And so we we it has not been a there's been no positive positive on this. It's all like been a double negative in everything we do. And it's really what's interesting is when you look at tech, everything they keep adding on. And these studies have been shown over and over that productivity has dropped because people oh, spend more huge. time having to work on things like how to do the latest update than they I do on how to do production, right? When you take a look, go back to, to Everett Carson, Carson's footwear. Because he and I had this long conversation. He makes his own soles. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, so where does, he goes, he's, we were talking about the sourcing of the rubber. And we were talking about um, the, the whole concept of production of, of those soles. In order for him to get the equipment, he had to go back to 1950s equipment that he sourced and found, used, brought it forward, and that's what he uses now. To, wow. And so all of that is, and that's not a tech, not, that's not digital. 
That's right. what, what we would call analog. I mean, in the sense of the framework, yes. it was analog, right? And it was, and that's how he makes his shoes. That's awesome. By the way, the other thing about we talk about an innovative idea, and I just saw Michelle's note on this. We need to shift a bit because I want to do this clip. But just to add to this, this is kind of forward thinking. He has taken the idea of production of shoes and he's done what they do overseas. Like, you know, they send it out to do piecemeal work. Yeah. But he's done it domestically. He refused to do anything for it. So he has found sewers and people and he has them do their sewing and cutting and he sends it back in and he assembles. And he's got this next level production facility he's doing where he's putting like five or ten small production facilities around the country that he's wow. building. So that people can then just send, they can be a localized decentralized manufacturing and he, he's totally <laughs> he's awesome he's super good that's fantastic all right so let's let's pivot a little bit because i saw this note from michelle this is a clip that michelle's going to play and i think we're going to get the audio is that right michelle a hundred percent mr kesterson that's awesome now this is is this tucker this is amp fest is happening right now it's a round table with tim pool and his crew and tucker and it starts out talking about technology and it's absolutely just phenomenal. And then I'm going to let the the little surprise here hit you. Oh, it's going to hit you too. And you're going to hear, you're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Scott, Michelle, and Leah have been playing, talking about this for nine weeks. Oh my gosh. And now it's mainstream. And now it's mainstream. Exactly. Because G, that's the way my my Jesus rolls. That's right. So we're going to be like, oh, and, and for all you haters out there, come back into the fold. We'll, we'll love you. Come back. It's time. All right. Okay. Oh, we need to change my monitoring. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. I I, wait, maybe. Have to. You no, got it should be fine. It should be fine. All right, I'll tell There's you. There's not even see. monitoring for this. Oh, we're we're gonna be side to side with them. We're gonna be side side by side. Yes. Okay. Hang on. Let me make this big so I can actually mess with it. It's a good old bit shoot, guys. Place that we used to roll. Oh, what in the world? I just clicked on the website. <laughs> Figure out how to do ad. it. Did you click on the ad? I did. So. I'm learning this system. You have to do it down here. Hang in on. In those little you boxes. Just breathe one second. Breathe in the Holy yeah. Spirit. Breathe yes. Breathe out the ad. Oh, look okay, at here that. It's we awesome. Wellness. I got to. I got to figure out how to go back on this. Huh. Wellness. Go guy. back. Boom. Boom. Wait a minute. If you were watching this on Rumble, it's actually kind of funny. Are it's you watching funny. it on Rumble right now, Kesterson? Yes, I am. I need to. Okay. 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 We're, and now we need to go to what minute? Like 57. Hey, this bit shoot is already really difficult to do. Can you just kind of click do. there? You don't, have to, hey, you don't have to move it. Just yes, put your I'm little. Yeah, I'm going to move it, but I can't even hardly see it. So this is a. I don't have glasses on. You said this is Amp. Yeah. What is Amp Fest anyway? It's Ta Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA. Okay. Just make it. Yeah, there you go. Is it even going to play? Oh, it's going to play. It's going to play. It just takes a minute because it's it's a. It's groups like the Lincoln Project saying, "Oh, our fight's not over." It was. Yeah, we can hear it fine, by the way. Okay, good. Okay. But I just now. I think everybody, everybody here now agrees, and this is why they tremendously respect you. And it's because you, you say things that are true. It's not the right time stamp. You learn things. I know, but it's not letting me pull it. Can you just kind of? Come on, there, shoot. Let me make it small again and see if that that does it. Okay, so we're, we're oh, in. Here we go. Close. Oh, wait. Now I'm way too far. No, it's true. No, it, it, it's right. reality. Because the most, well, and this is something all Christians believe. No. No, you got to go back. And there is no. You got it. You have control. I do. We're, Tim, I we need to bring Tim to Jesus is what we need to do. We do need to bring Tim to Jesus. 
She's close. Let's make this big Apparently, again. Genesis 11. It, yeah. It's so transparently insane. And of course, we now have reports that the people building it are worshiping it, right? it like a god, which obviously it is. <laughs> so and, small, I can't um, see it. it. That feels to me like the craziest, most reckless thing people have ever done. And I think the chance that that ends in tears is 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Vladimir, little, little Gina. Yeah. And so, but little. also it's like technological progress. Just leave it I, I don't here. know, we've had quite a bit of it. And this country's become much worse in every measurable way since I was a child with much less technological progress. This so, good, this good, and I'm sorry, I know there we have tech people here. I have friends who are professional technologists and they're very excited about technology, but where's the evidence that it's a good thing? Bingo. I, think I mean, just... where's the evidence? Even the public health has declined. They used to say, well, at least we'll cure cancer. Okay. But that's not happening. People are getting, we have more cancer actually. More obesity, more and suicide. Exactly. More so cancer. where, just, well, just show me the place where technology in the last 20 years has made people happier. I think it's, and it's, I don't uh, think there is such a place. Well, maybe I, we should rethink our core assumptions about technology. I agree, neutral. but I do think we have serious cultural problems. And I wonder if perhaps the argument is a culture will be destroyed through uh, technology in this way, particularly communications technology. It starts with the printing press, which we say was great, then the radio, it was fantastic. Then television, oh, how awesome. And now the internet, it's changed everything, but it does seem like it's becoming noise and static and pure chaos from it. I'm wondering if it is an impossible solution or if we've just not found the solution. It's, it's a neutral force. It's just like the atom bomb is I neutral. Don't, I don't if agree with that. If it's in the hands of evil, it will be used for evil. It's but not it's, a plot. It is really, in the hands of evil. Do you really think that? Because here, solve this mystery for me. Um, Creativity pretty much died in the West in August of 1945 when we bombed Hiroshima and then Nagasaki. So I don't know, maybe I'm the only person who's interested in this, but the, the death of creativity in the United States is very jarring to me. That's true in literature. Name three great novels written since 1945 in English. Oh, you can't. Name 10 great public works projects since 1945. Oh, not possible. Something changed fundamentally since we dropped that bomb. And I don't think I'm imagining it. And by the way, if you have counter evidence to wreck my theories, please give it to me. But I do think something about the godlike powers of nuclear weapons convince people they are God. I think there may be some spiritual force in effect there, but whatever it is, that moment changed this country and the entire West forever and diminished it forever. But but, and I grew up defending the bombing of Japan with the atomic weapons because, oh, you know, we couldn't deal with an invasion or whatever. And now I'm thinking, in what way, how insane was I to defend dropping a nuclear bomb on people? If you but, find yourself... Are we dead? We just lost, we just lost audio. I can't hear it. Yeah, you can't hear it? Can we can't. We it? just lost audio. All of us lost audio. Even he did. Everybody did. Everybody lost audio. Okay, you're right. Well, then that's going to be an issue. We're right. going to have to figure that out. All right. So we're going to continue. So that exists in America. Of course. After the 90s with the explosion of the Internet. Right. Now it's I, I got to tell you, we went to the mall a couple days ago. And this it really does blow my mind that I see a hot topic. And I guarantee you, Jack Skellington is in is in the window. That's a 30 year old movie still being sold to kids who have no idea what it is. There's a viral TikTok where a young woman's wearing a Nirvana shirt. And just, I don't even know what this is. I just buy it anyway. It, it, it's almost like television around that era does something to creativity by homogenizing everything. But, but we don't understand this. I mean, look, the creative force is the life force. And by the way, it's closely related to the, the sex impulse, which ultimately is a creative force to create new people. That's exactly right. So if you see a decline in or a death of the creative force, what you're looking at is 
death of the culture and or society. And there is no question, movies are just one manifestation of it. We have seen the death of the creative impulse in the West. And that is like an emergency, a tragedy, a history-changing event, and it's never acknowledged. As you were saying that, it clicked for me, it's contraceptives. Hmm. It is, it, wow. is the, the, it is the development of reliable and effective methods of artificial contraceptives yes. and their legalization across the country. I, 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 I was going to say, the get most head out intimate, of the gutter. No, it's true. No, it, it, it's he a reality. Because the most, well, and this is something all Christians believed a, a hundred years ago and, and prior. The, one of the most intimate and productive, literally productive things human beings do together, you are collaborating with God in mm. the creation of new human persons right. whose souls will last longer than all of the stars in the universe. And we took that and we turned it into playtime. We said, this is for playtime. fun. This is for feeling good. This is not about making things. And we thought that wouldn't affect our psychology. I, we I, thought that wouldn't strip us of our creative impulse. When so we good. spit in the face of our creator in one of the most fundamental ways, he asks us to collaborate with him in the creation of new things. Let me make it a little bit more secular though. Without people having children, they detach themselves from responsibility, from purpose, and from work. And now we have these videos of people being like, I'm a dink, I just do nothing. You've got Chelsea Handler saying, I wake up, do drugs, and masturbate, and then go back to bed. I don't do anything. There's no reason for creation. I bet she doesn't masturbate. She's too soulless. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure, sure. But my, my point is, uh, I agree, around this point, when you start getting the lack of, when you have people who in, intentionally do not have children, you look at a lot of these videos and you see there's, there's a through line. People who don't have kids lean a certain direction. They're, they're, they're not working hard for something because they, have, they, they, they don't have that responsibility. I, find, well, I think it is TV, man. I think it's TV and now video games. And it's people, there's a difference between making television and watching it. And if you just sit around and watch it, you're not creating. You might be learning. So you're, you might be creating neural pathways, but really the creative spark is within you. Or maybe it's just modernity. Well, wait, but where's the technology in the last, say, 25 years that's elevated people and made their lives better and made them more fully human? I think internet ha can if you but have it. Has it, it, has it anywhere? If can you name so an example of where technology in the last, and I, I will grant you antibiotics, okay, and electricity, great. I have some questions about electricity, but, <laughs> but and fever give stuff. me an example. Like as as this all sort of accelerates, right, exponentially, literally exponentially, the development of technology. Has there been any place that you can point to globally where it's been a force for good? I think I, I the wanna... decentralization of journalism with the internet has blown the lid on the entire liberal economic order's plans that they've had for the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, that's good, but that's pushing back against the society that technology created. And this, <laughs> and this is, but this is the point I wanted to make. It's easy to say, oh, look, we're broadcasting live right now to you know, so, so many people. But Tucker's question, what, what has benefited humanity? I can't say the internet has because it seems to be at best neutral because it's also been weaponized by deep state elements on X, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube to silence people at the exact same time and, and create fake narratives. It doesn't just silence them. It, it dumbs them down and also uh, bastardizes them. It also promotes pornography, especially to children. It Absolutely. destroys their, their innocence. So, so I, I would kind of agree with, with Tucker here when, when it comes to this. And, and a lot of this sometimes has to do with short-term pleasures over long-term pleasures. But I think a lot of it also has, to, has, has, has a lot to do with, with uh, 
a larger chemical castration that is happening systematically of the average male. If you look at sperm counts, they are dramatically going down. The average 22-year-old has this has lower testosterone than the average 70-year-old in the 1980s. That's not a coincidence. As of course, men with low T are more easy to be conquered and controlled and dominated and enslaved. There's a reason that I think there's a larger biological war out there. And whether it's fought with seed oils or high fructose corn syrup or with plastic water bottles, plastic PFAs, <laughs> forever chemicals, whatever you might uh, you, whatever you might call it, there is a direct attack on your testosterone, poisoning, on your balls, on your freaking <laughs> sperm levels, on your masculinity. If you're a male, there's nothing toxic Yo, about your masculinity. Remember, and 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 I think we need to prioritize health. The smell right, sometimes. Right, right, right. Remember sometimes. when we were kids and they said, "Don't eat Butterfinger and Mountain Dew at the same time; it'll lower your sperm count." We all got scared. Do you remember that one? Yes. I mean, here we are now, and it's like definitively, you know, the chemicals chemicals leaching into your food through plastics do this, okay, and everyone's like, "Oh, this. is is it is it, it is it really doing that?" They start to talk even more about like the the birth control thing and the birth and the kids thing. It's it's just a really great clip. All right, so I think th th there's a couple things here that I just want to highlight, and I. I really mean this. We introduced this message a week after Bars Fest. You guys have been carrying it a long time, but we went full force on it the week after Bars Fest. Okay? And the nonsense that was put forth by both sides of the community and people we trusted that threw, that threw red flags up and tried to throw barriers in this, shame on them. Wow. Shame on every one of them. And every one of anybody that's listening that put a hand up and said that's too extreme, shame on you. I'm not playing this game anymore. I've been saying now for we've been when we got the message from God, it was a, been a war on family and the war on reproduction. They nailed it. That one guy nailed it. You partner with God in creating life. There's nothing greater than that. Mm -hmm. And so, just so I and I just man, I'm telling you, God's given me a badge of honor on this one. I'm going to speak it. I did the wrong thing. Okay, so you want to talk about they they want to talk the walk they're talking. I did it. You sever mm -hmm. that from life. You take the function out of a relationship. It just becomes a prostitute in bed with you. Hate to tell you, but that's the truth. Playtime is what that's he it. said. Playtime. It's playtime. You're not even functioning with accountability anymore. Mm -hmm. So this whole message is going to be, it's at the core of everything. It diminishes creativity. It diminishes accountability. And all of that goes, we're talking about internet. We're talking about technology. These are steps as part of a bigger issue, which has been a straight line towards the destruction of the creation and the seed in inspiring mm -hmm. families to be prosperous and to go out and conquer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so all of this message is so dead on. And I love the fact it's coming from Tim Poole and, and Tucker and these others. Mm -hmm. Charlie Ward, not Charlie Ward, Charlie Kirk, um, Kirk. Kirk. Sorry. Forgive me, Charlie. Anyway, Charlie <laughs> Kirk. This is a message that should be in every single church right now. It's a message that should be in every single home right now. Absolutely. And it, it's uncomfortable. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk. You know, this clip I paid and played on Bars FM earlier tonight. And it was the point the guy said he just got rebuked because he's he like, people are saying, why did you talk about homosexuality in the church? Because that's the problem. Yeah. All right. And, and just so we're real clear here in case people are confused. At homosexuality does not produce children as much as you may try. <laughs> right? I mean, let's just get clear. So this whole inversion that's happened, and it, it does inflame me because the resistance on some of this mission, message, you've put up with it for a long time. 
And I stepped in and we, we both had the same word and we agreed on it. And that word started when I did that walk in, in our, the ARC encounter. And, you know, because I sent you, what, like 20 audio downloads that time. And we just yeah. like, and just word after word after word. And it was all about going back to the garden, all about reviving the seed, all about yeah. all about re- reigniting that, that separation, that ambush that hit Eve and separated mm-hmm. man and woman, broke the concept of the unity of the rib, and then launched men into this, like, fiery sense of being sub- sub- sed- seducted by war as women were yeah. cast off as the problem. It's all a lie. Yeah. It's all an absolute lie. And at the root of all of this is this whole concept that we arrive then in this 40s, 50s. We come out of the, I mean, I just want the logic of this to settle in. We come out of World War II having lost over half a million young men in this nation. And we immediately go to the suburban model and we start to reduce the family to two. Yes. I mean, is, is anybody even running that logic stream right there? Yeah, we have to build a nation back up, and it's not like it's suddenly going to happen. You just wiped out half of your young men. Yeah, not half; it's an exaggeration. But I yeah. mean, you wiped out a huge chunk of your future. Mm-hmm. You put their bodies to slaughter into a war that was run by banksters and elites to begin with. Yeah, and then you come back and you go, "Hey, okay, we're taking you off the farm. We're going to give you packaged food. We're going to stick you in suburbia." Yeah. and uh, oh, don't do the big family thing. Like, yeah. like worry about yourself. Let's do two. Let's do two. And so immediately you start to see a shift in birth rates in the United States. And yeah. with it, a shift in everything. You've set the conditions over tw- over a decade. Over a decade, you set the conditions to take people from big families, heavily based in, in a, a Christian society, that by the time we get 10 years later, so that's 40 through the 50s, we get into 10 years later, the sex revolution comes in, free sex, free drugs, and oh, by the way, we throw in birth control because now you can yeah. have more of it. And you mm-hmm. can go out and play. It's a drug. Absolutely. It becomes a drug, and they make it a drug. You know, um, I tell people this all the time. Uh, you have to understand that testosterone levels. You can talk about seed oils. You can talk about the estrogen in the water. That there is a part of that. But the biggest thing is our hormones are balanced by nature. You can rebalance your hormones, and you can get your testosterone up real quick. Um, just hunting. So they did a study. They took blood draws of natives who were going hunting and their testosterone levels on the hunt were sky high off the charts, you know, bigger, you know, more than guys who were getting jacked up with testosterone. Okay. Right. And uh, what's interesting is once they've killed that animal, the testosterone that goes and kills, right. Men Mm -hmm. going to war, um, a lot of men just went to war, I think, because it was a testosterone booster. It just, woo, right? Because these hormones are given to us by God and you want to use them. On their way back, the testosterone leaves their blood and, it, and it instead is replaced with oxytocin. Oxytocin is this good, awesome, it's like a high mm-hmm. that you get uh, when mothers start to nurse. It was, it's what uh, cows or pigs or dogs or, or kittens get, or cats get when they're nursing. It's this absolute place of euphoria. And so these men, as they're bringing the hunt home to the women and to the children, they're getting this absolute high. And so when men are off the farm, when they're not providing, when that when they're, there's a word, I don't know what it means. Is it a bad word, cooked? I have no idea. Yeah. What, is it? Is it bad? Okay, I, I won't use it. I don't it. like it. I don't know what it means. But it, 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 when you are, you've become emasculated, I'll just use that. Yep. When you're working in a job in a building, the reason that they keep boys locked up, they have to 
it takes 12 years it takes 12 years of schooling mm -hmm. to suck the testosterone completely out of young men yeah because if they're on a farm and they're running around that testosterone is going to build they need to what we have pigs out there uh, and and this goes for all animals you know like a dog uh, who is a too aggressive they will castrate that dog Correct. and then the, then sometimes they're really easy to deal with the same thing with horses so the uh, so what public school does and what the system does the video games and things like that keeping you inside mm -hmm. outside your testosterone builds outside god has a, a a a literal for women and men by the way a literal hormonal balance system Okay, women, we aren't hormonally balanced because we're not dealing outside as much. We need to be dealing with animals. We need to be dealing with uh, outside. Uh, the ground grounds you. The ground actually has good hormones in it uh, to where it's an antidepressant. It balances your hormones. It actually, the ground makes men more masculine and women more feminine. So to where my, 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 my friend Abigail, she's, she's, she's matching socks for her for her for her siblings and her heart is filled that's really good because she spends a lot of time outside yeah and she knows nature and she's trying to make a bow and arrow okay and she's doing a really good job she's nature girl and she's getting her femininity which is actually very powerful by the way mm -hmm. and she's coming inside and she's like so on fire like i love my brother and sister because that is actually it should god actually gives you these good hormones to do the things why women want to take care of of, of their brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers it's a, it's a desire it fills your soul women who go to work and go to jobs the reason they keep girls in school for 12 years is to suck that natural feminine desire out of you and they're trying to put the masculine inside of you. Uh, that's why women uh, can can shut off. They have to be able to shut off their emotions to, to drop their kid off at daycare with somebody else. You have to be so incredibly shut off as a female to drop your child off at daycare. No sane, whole, sound woman could drop her baby off or a toddler off with somebody else. You just couldn't do it. You'd cry all day long, and some women do. Yeah, no, it's just this, this is a sick system. And it, the thing is, it's the root of this entire war. You peel off your economic war. You peel off your legal war. You peel off your political war. You peel off this educational war. It all comes down to the same point. What are they going mm -hmm. after? They're going after the, the parents. They're going after the family. And they're going after the kids. Yeah. They're, they're, it's just, it's that simple. And I think this is the problem is because people like to live in the fantastical. They like to live in this place of like, well, we can go fight this war over here by voting in Trump. Trump's not going to solve anything of this. All right. I don't care how much you believe in him. And right now, if you're following this trial, you're wasting your time anyway, because it's just a dog and pony show. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing is ultimately about one route and everything around this is designed to pull you away so that you don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And here, and here's the instruments of doing that. I mean, obviously the news and then men, we all, you know it. It's coming. It's porn. Mm -hmm. It's porn. Yeah. Because yeah. once you get that rooted in you, now you're going to completely degrade your relationship with your wife and you're going to destroy your love for your kids and it rots your soul. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, oh, I think birth control is a good idea. Or, oh, I'm, I think I'm going to get a vasectomy. Why? Because what you're, what you're driven for isn't to grow a family. You're driven to a personal fleshly pleasure. That's the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. So all of this message, which we have been speaking on now for nine weeks, and I'm just, and I really am just, tonight's just a good vent for me because I've really just kind <laughs> of had it up to top of the pushback from people that should be listening. 
I've watched infighting in our own ranks in Bars Nation because they didn't want to hear it. They wanted to walk away. Walk away. Mm -hmm. You're always welcome back. But at this point in time, if you walk away, you're not supposed to be here anyway. You're missing the message. Okay? This is a threshing that's been going on. And when this same message, which I want to point out here, this same message, which the only accounts that were talking about this on any scale in the last two months was Resistance Chicks, Michelle and Lee, and myself right here. And suddenly this same message pops up with Charlie Kirk and Tim Pool and Tucker Carlson. Wake up. Because mm-hmm. if you don't see that as the hand of God trying to shake this thing and starting to realize yeah. that this is moving, you're missing the whole point. Yes. This is the root of the fight. It is the it is the creation of life. Yeah. And he said it. You are partnering with God. And when you take that away because you're more interested in having sex rather than building children, you have now s- destroyed accountability and, credit and creativity. And what greater creativity can you possibly have than partnering with God to grow life? Period. Mm. And when you've taken that away from yourself, what do you have? You're like, well, I can go paint on a canvas. I'm sure you can. (laughs) And it's going to look like poo. I'm going to tell you right now. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I just got to finish this with uh, Tim, what is this, Pollock, that artist? That's where you're going to end up where he starts slinging paint on the canvas and he calls it art. Yeah. Okay. I mean, literally, you might as well be slinging poo on a canvas because that's that's what creativity has become, right? Okay. There, there was another part to that clip later on and it got it's I wouldn't say it got better, but it was still so good. Yeah. And the the men, I love what they said. And, and some I somebody said this out loud. I am so sick and tired of every um, movie turning uh, a an intimate male relationship between male and males into Brokeback Mountain. Because uh, yes. we are designed like David and Jonathan to be intimate with one another. And it's, you know, Jesus had John, the disciple who laid upon his chest. And there is an intimacy that we should have with one another that Paul had with all of the people that he came in contact with. And the devil tries to skew that to say, oh, or make fun of you, or even relationships. And I love this because I even hear this in the world that we're in, that men and women shouldn't ha- be friends with each other. Well, that's only because you are a, you have sexualized yourself. There is an intimacy that happens that is so much deeper than you guys can ever ask or think or imagine that is not sexualized. And it is way more, you guys, and, and, and that particular act acts... Act, last very it's a very short time but there there's an intimacy that you can share you can't share that act with more than one person or you shouldn't but you can share an intimate conversation an intimate you can go deep with people because what that means it being intimate is it means to go deep Uh, god wants us to be intimate with him and when we sexualize that that intimacy that one particular particular procreative actor, like I'm going to use this kind of intimacy, this procreative intimacy with my spouse. But then there is another kind of procreative intimacy that we are to have with one another as human beings. And their quote that they said, and I absolutely loved it, is they say that porn shows too much, but porn shows too little. Oh, because it doesn't show the other person's heart and spirit and soul. That's well said. And it also doesn't show the victim. Mm, that's true. Okay, yeah. that's the other thing. I mean, I, I would love to know how many, this would be a really interesting thing. How many men would watch porn if they got to see the children that they were being used in, and abused to make it happen? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and, and that's where you want to start talking about separating the wheat from the chaff. 
right there. Like, right. okay, you want to watch that? And then like, let's give you a one-way ticket to the Lake of Fire. Yeah. I mean, th- this is, this is, the problem with this fight that gets under my skin so much is that it's not hard to win this war. Mm-hmm. It is really not hard. No. Men, if you watch some porn, stop. I don't, I mean, and, I, and it's like, well, I need to do deliverance. Stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Walk yeah. away. Yeah. And pray unto God and he will heal you. And if, you know, and it's like, yeah, we'll help you along the way. But you, the problem is I've said so many times with men in porn, and this is not the only discussion we're having here, but it's such a critical part of this is that you don't want to give it up mm-hmm. because you enjoy the pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. So I, you know, I want to, I want someone else to fix me, but I don't really want to give it up because I, there's a pleasure thing. You got to walk away from it. You got to be mm-hmm. decide what you're going to be. You're going to be a man of God. Or you're going to be, a hand puppet of Satan. I don't know. Decide. Because mm-hmm. I know where I'd be. And I am. So it's easy. And then you've got the whole thing. Of, and that starts to restructure the family. Because the families have already been under war. They've mm-hmm. gone after men viciously. Yeah. And so and that's where, like, when I was at Bards Fest, there was an, I know I offended some people when I said it. But the fact is that porn is an attack on the family. It is. So that's where, as tough as it is, you got to go side by side and back to back as men and as a man and wife to fight yes. this attack off. I'm not saying somebody's not wounded. Yeah. But you've got to do that because it's an attack on the core of the family. Yes. And it's a vicious one. And I, just, I think I shared this with you, uh, ladies, both. And someone asked me a while back, they said, Scott, if you were with your information warfare background, if you were going to destroy a country, mm-hmm. what would you do? I said, real simple. I just release porn and let it go wild. Yep. So I wouldn't even, it's like a for fire and forget model. It's like, here you go. Yep. I'll just, I'll see you in 10 years. You'll be yep. done. And that's literally how bad it is. And then you've got this whole piece and the whole birth control piece and the whole, and you know, that's one thing we, when we say birth control, it usually comes to mind is like, okay, well, immediately we've got the, the pill. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not what's being pushed now. You've got to get out here and down the ground and see what's happening. They are yeah. literally the quiet war that I've now discovered is the vasectomy that I had 21 years ago. I had no idea. Right. I had no idea how many men, how many Christian men have cut themselves off. And I just, it just boggles my mind. And I will say this. I do believe it has to do with public school systems. You have spent 12 years being emasculated, so you don't even realize that that is an emasculation. But I want to give a word out to that. I, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to these men. There are men who are who are emasculated. They're at a job. Yep. Uh, they're they are, um, but they have worked hard to make sure that their wives can be stay at home moms. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, the, the word the Lord spoke to me was that because of the system that we're in, it's very difficult to make money. And so these men have sacrificed themselves mm-hmm. so their wives can can retain their femininity. And so but but the the struggle in the marriage happens because the wives want their men to be t- masculine and have testosterone but they can't because they are emasculated by the system and they're emasculated by going to work. But they're sacrificed. The Lord says you're sacrificed by loving your wife so that she can retain. Because there are a lot of men who will go to work and say, whatever I do, my wife is going to stay at home and be able to raise the kids. My wife is going to retain her femininity. Okay. The, 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 the answer for you, for you fellas is we are going to fix this system. And I know it seems hard. And I know it seems that, um, Leah, that might, the answer for me seems too big. No, we're going to get you out. That's our job. 
And you know that, you know what, you can help get yourself out. You get in the Holy Spirit. And if you're stuck in a job that you don't want to be in, pray in the Holy Spirit and go outside with your family, hunt, kill something and eat it. Okay. <laughs> get your testosterone going, rewire, ask Holy Spirit to help you to rewire your man, your man things, because I, I'm going to tell you something. God is raising up a generation of men who are and God is you have to rewire your your neuro pathways. What the what public school did is re, is is break your neuro pathways, okay? And and tr and make you emasculated. So why you would be a pliant people so that you would go work for the Ford factory and put a screw on every day for the rest of your life and come home with a paycheck, okay? And a lot of you are letting your wives stay at home and and do that thing, but you are emasculated. And the Lord, you need to put as if you're at that job, you need to put your feet to the floor and you need to say, I'm not emasculated. I'm a man. I provide for my family. I have testosterone running through me. I do. I am not. I am not um, a servant to the man. I'm going to overthrow the system and I'm not just going to do it for me. I'm going to stage a walkout for all my buddies and we're all going to start our own businesses. I'm going to go back to this vasectomy thing. I'm watching some ch comments in chat. I'm just going to address a couple of things. I'm not going to pull people out that I can see them. I'm going to go right at them. So here's a couple of things. Number one, if someone takes the time to start investigating vasectomies, you're going to find out that the new main focus of vasectomies are 18-year-old males. Mm. Okay. So first of all, and there's just, there's, people love to say that if you haven't had kids, you have no way to speak on this. Mm -mm. Okay. If you haven't walked the life of making this choice, you know, have no place to speak on this. Mm. Okay. You have no choice. You have no place to speak on what happens when you sever the seed and you take away the ability to give life into the world. Mm. And when it's restored, you understand what you lost. Mm -hmm. okay? oh. Because men have be men that walk the path that just walk it and don't understand what they have. It's too easy to give it away. Paul Cantrell, mm -hmm. we talked about it. He almost had a vasectomy before he came to, he went, he almost, he was being encouraged by friends to have a vasectomy before he came to Bars Fest. And they have a baby on the way. And they have a baby on the way. Now, so this would have been I hear this the all the time about, you know, I, and I, and this, because this discussion gets into this other piece of like, I, I, I don't want any more kids. I get that. That's, that's between you and God. We're not taking that on. Your people that do this are not miss, are missing the entire point when they get into these arguments. We have a average family right now is 1.5. As a nation, if you don't understand what's happening, we will cease to exist as the nation we are in 10 years. We will cease to exist. And that is why when you have 7.5 million people coming across the border that are families with kids that are going to produce 3, 5, and 10 kids, they're already on the replacement arc, and it's going to replace every single thing you know in this society will be done, replaced, and rebuilt in 10 years because this society that was affluent chose the decadent route to say, I don't need big families. Mm. And it's, it's going to destroy everything. So if I don't care who you are, you have a right to speak on that. And if you can't follow the pathway of what birth control has done and how it has destroyed the family, the other part that gets under my skin is when people try to suggest that when you don't have a right to speak on it. Mm. I grew up in a great family, okay? I grew up with a mother and a father that are still together for 61 years. I challenge people to push that back on that one. No, they're not perfect. But I'll tell you what. When you have that as a model in your life and you can look at that and you can reflect on yourself, you can start to see how society attacked you and tore you apart. So there's really this whole issue right now. 
And it's it's really that people don't want to hear this because they take it on as a personal offense. It's not a personal offense. This is the watchers on the wall stuff. We've seen it. Now, what do you want us to do? Sit back and do quiet? What's God say? If you do not speak it out, his blood is on your hand. I'm not going to have blood on mm-hmm. my hand. We're going to speak it out. If you don't like it, I'm, tar- I'm sorry. Take it to God like everything else. But don't throw stones at something that is really at the core. And then if you pivot over, Tim Pool, I don't think has kids. I could be wrong. Right? I mean, you start to look at who's speaking the message now and like look at who's speaking the message. And for once, it's men speaking the message, mm-hmm. not women. You know, there's a reaction to like Amphis where they're going to be like, oh, it's only men on the stage. Good. Look at what they're talking about. These are good things. This is an important discussion that is going to get right into the bedroom and it's going to make everybody uncomfortable. And guess what? That's how God works. Because when he right lights up the fire refinement, you're going to get all the dross burned out and it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to have to endure it because that's part of coming back. We are not going to occupy, expand the kingdom with people doing one or one and a half kids. It's not going to happen. And uh-huh. when, you, when you're turning your back on the greatest gift he's got you, in you, which is creation, that gets to the core message of where does our role sit in being able to tell God no? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't walk that way. Not anymore. It's all in the yes. So... There. Okay, so here's the deal, and well, I, I just, well, before you go, I wanted if he could tell the viewers just real quick about the clay to the life. Oh, come on, Scott, that's so good. Because a lot of people men turn don't in know, the corner, so men don't know it's that the greatest thing I have ever heard like in my life. It feels like when men need to understand this. I, I feel like you are cannibalizing yourself with these vasectomies and it's almost, it feels like a homosexual act now that I know about the clay thing. No, well, Scott's the only one that was actually spilling back into his body. Only Scott? Yeah, that was an error. Oh. But the life thing is still valid. Have you told this story on air? So tell, I'm reminding me which one part of this story because I'm. Okay, so the, when the, the when the, when the seed drops and goes into the vas deverence or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 okay, this is quite, it's, oh yeah, this is quite amazing. This is all God. Have you told this already? No, I'm going to do it right now. So the there is a a, a lump of mass, which is just basically just a a, a mass of of potential life, of potential seed that goes into the vest deverence when it leaves, and it's goes down. And I I don't remember the there's it's a miracle passage passage, and it goes down, and when it comes out. It is actually the seed with swimmers on it. It actually can swim at this point. So hang on. Let's go back. It turns a corner. In the testicle. Yes. It goes on the outside and it goes along the edge. The seed is not alive. No, not well, it doesn't have swimmers on it. It's just kind of a lumpy mass. That's what I'm getting at. This lump of mass that you're talking about. The tadpoles have not tatted. They have no tail. Biology. We're back. Are we back at sex ed with Scott Kesterson yeah, and are. Resistance Chips again? Tadpoles have not been created. It's nothing. It's a nothingness. Right. So your swimmers aren't actually sitting in in your swimming pool. No, they're not. They're they're not they're at not all. They're not swimmers no. in your swimming pool. No, it's pool. just a it's a lump. So it's a lump of right. mass, and it's a raw mass. So when it makes a small little passageway down the through the vas deferens on the edge of the testicle, then when it comes out, it has swimmers on it. Now this is the doctor. He's just he's awesome. Dr. Marks. And he's like, he worked at Mayo. He worked at uh, some of the Rochester Clinic, some of the top clinics in the world. 
And he, as he said, I had the best PhDs working in the lab. And he says, okay, so how does this work? And they tell him the same thing. It's like, well, it leaves, it goes down the best difference, it comes out and gets swimmers. He goes, that's not what I'm asking. Like it turns the corner. It turns There's the corner. A special like, corner. Right. So it's, it's because it comes down on the edge and then it makes a turn. That's how it comes. And, it's, and when it makes that turn, suddenly there's swimmers. They're like, they've got their tadpoles. They got their tad legs. They're like, you, you, you graduated. There you go. And so they tell him, we have no explanation for what happens along that path other than it happens. That's God. the gift of life. That's God's hand right there that's happening. That's clay into life. And where's the cut for the vasectomy? The vasectomy comes just forward of that. So what you're doing, men, is because the vasectomy, if he, I guess if it was behind that, you would totally be castrated. Correct. 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 So because it has to be after that, you've actually, there's a spark of God is entering into your body and it's supposed to go into a female with the spark of God, the seed, and instead... Um, where does it go? Well, there's it's two. If, if they tie it's never, it, it's never created though, right? No, it is. In, in a in a in when you've had a vasectomy. Yeah, it is because they get it ahead of that after it's been after the seed comes so out. It turns the corner and then what? And then it runs into what would essentially be a tied off knot. And so, but so it just doesn't. Get, it, does it get absorbed into the body or it, it gets resorbed back into the system and then it just basically there's a backlog to where the body eventually starts stops producing stops producing really terrible it is so, so what it does is you tell your body to stop producing right so this flow of an actual flow of life is being stopped i've been constipated it's no fun oh dear god i don't think that this is something you should do men you need to understand you have constipated so, your male genitalia Scott Kesterson. Yes. It's very okay. bad. All it's right. very bad. No one, you need some X-lax. You need to go. <laughs> You're not helping this need conversation. Spiritual X-lax. You need Holy Spirit to give you some, some guidance on how to get down to this clinic. Every single one of you men, I'm telling you right now, and I will also tell you, and, and I've been asking Holy Spirit to show me a way to <laughs> say this in a way that is not as crude as it, it is, as it, as it, as it is, or as, 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 they were not laughing at you. We just got a word in chat that's probably the best ever. <laughs> I knew I read it out loud. I knew I read it. I just lost. Testlax. <laughs> what is this? Testlax. It's the best word ever. It's the best word ever. Testlax. You need some testlax. If you have seen the clip of Hillary Clinton where she's where she's bleach bit and beat the heck out of this computer, and she says, "At this point, what difference does it make?" And literally, off and on, at this point, at this point, what vas difference does it make? And I lost it. I am so sorry. That is exactly what everybody's saying. At this point, vas difference does it make? I don't want to have any kids, so what does it matter? But I, I was thinking about you kind of talking about the seed, and I'll say this just kind of quickly, just to drop it in your in your mind. Um, and we had said this kind of on a phone call or something, um, men. If you have done this on purpose, you need to know. And 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 I, I'm just literally putting everybody that I know out to the side. I don't. As this is not to anybody. This is just putting this out in the ether. You have turned yourself into a sex toy. 
you are not intimate with your wife, you're not giving her life, which is what that act is for, and your wife has been turned into, if, is, 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 if you had had an inanimate object mm. and you were using that in that moment, your wife is not receiving the life from you that God created and you've turned that, that um, particular act into one of, of, of a prostitute or a whore. Yeah, am I treating my wife with a, like a whore? Yes, you are. So what do I do? You turn and you repent. And you ask Holy Spirit because that is a procreative act and God wants to be with you in that act and decide whether a human is supposed to come or not with that act. And you're supposed to be giving your wife this seed. Mm. And if it's not time to give your wife the seed, then you don't give your wife the seed. Okay? If your wife would die if she got pregnant again, then you don't give her the thing that would make, that would have her die. And that's where the, the, what you're saying to me, men, is you don't know how to be intimate with your wife without a sexual act uh -oh. to where I would say that you do not know how to love. You do not, is God sexual with us? Come on. But God is more intimate with us and he knows every single thought. He knows every single hair on our head. You can be, and you should be intimate with your wife without being sexual. You need to be, you have to be, and you have to walk in a place of love to where you don't, and I hear this all the time, I have needs. You have need for water, you have need for air, you have need for food. Other than that, you have no needs, okay? You have wants and you have desires. And if you are looking at your wife and you're saying, I need her to fulfill a need of mine, does your wife breathe for you? Uh oh. Does your wife drink water for you? Does your wife eat for you? Your wife does not fulfill a need in you. That act is an act of giving. You are only supposed to do that act when it is time to give to your wife a gift. Okay? And she's ready and willing and wanting and desiring to receive it. Uh-oh. Okay? If it's winter time and you're not supposed to sow the seed. Okay, the ground isn't ready. If you try to start to break up the ground when it's wet or cold, you can harm things. Come on. And a lot of you men have harmed your wives in almost irreparable ways. You have asked them to do things to your body and to and and, and that are, that are just unthinkable a hundred years ago, because men understood that this was a procreative act that they were giving unto their wives and they weren't taking because they other men who did what you're doing to your wife. A lot of you. They were rapists, they were abusive men, and they saw, you see your woman as a sex doll rather than a person that you're just to be, the, the intimacy and the giving and receiving. Do you understand that women have needs? <laughs> women need to be get pregnant and you're the only one that can give them a child, okay? You don't have needs, you have seed, okay? Your wife has needs. Your whole desire as a man is how do I fulfill my wife's needs, her needs, a real needs that a woman has for shelter, for food, for children, for clothing. Your, when you get married, okay, your whole desire is for your wife and your children. How do I please that person? How do I make sure that she has everything she needs? You know why? Because that's what Jesus does for his bride. Jesus doesn't go to his bride and say, bride, Leah, Michelle, I have needs. Mm -mm. Come and fill my needs. Get down on the ground. Uh-uh. Jesus don't do that. Jesus says you treat your wife as Christ treats the church, giving his life for the church. 
If you are not treating your wife as Christ would keep to treat the church, God hates your act. Oh. It's despicable. It, it dishonors him. And he has a hatred towards that. Does God hate me? Some of you, he hates your acts and some of you he does. Because there is there are scriptures that say God hates God hates his enemies. And if you become an enemy of God, do you think God hates a pedophile? When you are become an enemy to God, God has to hate you because he can't love you with that love that he wants to give you. Okay? You have made yourself his enemy. So many of you right now need to make yourself a friend of God and get yourself on your face because there is a judgment coming. And I don't know where this is coming. Out of me, I just keep hearing, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Okay? Uh -huh. There are women who have been forced to do things and they've thought about their husbands, I hate you. Wow. God feels that hatred. That's the hatred that he feels. There are children who have been molested or children who have been in rooms when you're doing things uh, with the pornography and the children are like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. And God is saying, I hate this. God hates this sin. And so you have to ask yourself, hey, God, am I redeemable? Absolutely are you redeemable. But you can't, you have to go to him and get cleaned up. I disagree. I don't know where I got that word from. I just felt like it. I just it felt uh, just an anger and a hatred that came over me. <laughs> Somebody in the chat says, who is watching this show? I thought we were all good people. Here's the deal. If you have cut off your seed, if you have said no to creating life, I'm reminded of, you know, when John was writing to the churches, Church of Nicol the Nicolaitans, whose deeds I hate. Mm, that's thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Michelle backed me some scriptures up. You're welcome. Leah's mic needs to go up and down. Oh, be, that's because oh. this is Leah. She's literally no. This is Leah. This is the way she's talking. <laughs> Continue, in, Michelle. She can't stay straight. Michelle, stay. What were you getting at? Because we're missing it. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Leah, can you talk into the mic, please? I will please? try better. Thank you. Um, this is really important. Guys, we, we're all good people. I get that statement. Most of us feel pretty okay. But I've got a song that I wrote, you know, um, compared to, to the holiness, we, our deeds are nothing but filthy, soiled rags. It's only through Christ that we are able to be good, good people. And there's one of my favorite songs. And I think Scott plays this on the show sometimes. What do I know of holy... What do I know of wounds that will heal my pain? And a God who gave life its name. What do we know of holy? Mm -hmm. We're not good people. Mm -hmm. You're not a good person. I'm not a good person. No one's good but God. No one is good but God. And so when we take the deeds that we do in our everyday life that are not done by the leading of the Holy Spirit, mm. they are not good deeds. And so if, if you're listening out there and you guys have done this and you're, you're pricked and you're convicted, sometimes there's not anything that you can do about it. If you've had your tubes tied, you know, there, you can have them untied, but it's difficult. That's, that's a, a very big deal. Going to dads again, like Scott Kesterson has done, that's doable. Mm -hmm. That's doable for every man out there that's had a vasectomy. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's a heart change. Are we here to throw stones and beat the heck out of you guys? No, mm. we're the stone and we are throwing stones. We're throwing stones at those that have perpetuated this and continue to do so. 
we're throwing millstones that will be tied around these people's necks and they are going to die and go to hell forever unless they repent. We're not throwing the stones at you guys, but you have to be able to stop and recognize and self-assess and go, you know what? What I did was wrong. And turn and pivot and turn and repent. And in that, we will change a society. We will absolutely change a society. But we're not good people. We have to start with no one. There's a scripture. It literally says no one is good but God. No one, not one. That would be so, Matthew 19, 17. Thank and, you, Mr. Yeah, you're welcome. And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But and if you wish God. to enter into life, keep the commandments. Right. So what do we what do we do? Can you make the connection then, though? Because these people aren't making the connection. I'm trying to. My big whole thing is to make a connection to all these acts to what Abigail and Leah are facing every day with the gender confusion right, and the right. homosexuality. It's, just, it's simple. I mean, because everything we're talking about, I think we can just kind of pull it down here and then and it's, it's not difficult to see it. When you start to allow all of these things in your life and their compromises, and this is why people are having such a hard time with this message, because it's been a stepping compromise for physical pleasure that ultimately has taken us so far away from where we were 100 years ago even to where we are today. And all of this is corrupted into the very root of what the church is built on. Mm -hmm. And in the church now, you have churches advocating for vasectomies. You have churches trying to put pressure on men so women don't have to have birth control. You have churches now that are embracing LGBTQ. You have all of this compromise over and over and over. And all of that is a trickle down because it's all, all of that representation is at a spiritual level, not just physical. And so this is where we always forget this is that the acts that go on in the physical are representative as well in the spiritual. And there's a much bigger impact than we're, we're even accounting for. I mean, Dr. Lee Merritt, quote, we do not know what we're doing with vasectomies. It's much bigger than anything we can comprehend. And we are destroying men doing it. Dr. Lee Merritt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there is a much bigger issue here. So you're infecting the church you're infecting the church all the way down to the root, and you're opening the doors between the money and the compromise of all these various practices, trying to ultimately, what are they trying to do? Fill the pews to keep themselves happy in the community so they can keep people flowing in. That's a mm -hmm. money route, and Leviathan takes hold. And there it is. Leviathan's there. So how do you clean the church? From from right from the root. You've got to start with the pastor, and it's you have to start with all of the senior people there, and if there's and they have to be completely reset. And then it has to flow down. And so this, this isn't what they're facing here is much bigger than them because it deals with the entire corruption of, of the church. And that's why I think when we look at this, ultimately, all of this takes to the same seed. We're talking, we're talking about the family. We're talking about everything. But at the end of the day, we're talking about resetting the bride, which is the church. And if mm -hmm. we can't reset the church in the heart of the people and understand what God's asking, then we're just walking this false line, lie here. We're walking a false line. I mean, this is the demands on the heart. And I'm going to use this example. I'm going to close it here with myself. But then we kind of do our rounding comments and we should, we should pray it out. But here's the thing. And it came to this the other day. And it's such a simple way of looking at things. And people need to understand this. I am talking to Naya the other day, Paul's daughter. And she says, Uncle Scott, what's carnivore? And I say, well, this is carnivore. And I say, and she says, okay, so what do you eat? And I said, I eat meat and animal fat. She goes, well, that's not true. 
And I said, okay, explain. And she says, I've seen you take a sample of a cookie. I have seen you take a sample of a cake. Okay. And I'm laughing. I'm going, yeah, you're right because it's holiday. But I want people to think about this. She just spoke a very clear line of how God sees a world and how we see a world. I said I ate carnivore. She says you don't because you compromised. Mm. And it's such a, and it's innocuous. I mean, it's, it's innocent in what we're talking about, but not in faith. So if every time we turn around and we're trying to come up with justifications and trying to say who can speak about this or who can speak about that, and you're not hearing the message of what's at the core of it and understanding that that message is coming, it is solid in scripture. It's being echoed by people you would never expect. I never expected Tucker Carlson to talk about this. Tim Poole, come on, give me a break. That's God. And we have this very clear message and there is a hard line. And we're willing to say like, if you're a pedophile, you get a millstone. Okay, fine. Well, what if you are not a pedophile, but you've interrupted God's seed? What does that make you? I don't know. But what I'm just, it is the point that, there, show me a place in the Bible that says that's what you're supposed to do. And so if someone says, well, it doesn't say, does that mean you do it? Does that mean that because we can, we should? The answer is no. And so we get into this whole corruption on every single aspect. And then what we end up with is you look around at the at this big beast that we're dealing with, which is corrupted everywhere we turn. And we're going like, where do we begin? And there is only one place to begin. And that's on your knees, repenting before God to let the fires burn out the dross and to literally have him rebuild you and to start taking accountability for the actions we've taken. And wherever that leads you, you're going to be there. Mm. And so we have walked a path. I joined you on this path. You've been walking. I joined you on this path nine weeks ago, almost 10. And that was not you. That was me on the way up and me going through this whole arc encounter and then me literally filling up my tank of gas at a loves about 20 minutes from Milford and having the epiphany of what I've done as Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to correct it. Mm. Okay. That's being accountable to God. And it opens your eyes and you start to see some things very differently. You see to see the level of corruption we're willing to work with. And we keep trying to defend our way, throw stones, but at the end of the day, you're going to stand before the throne. And you're going to be accountable for every breath, every word, every thought, every step you make. Mm. And if you can live with yourself and say to God, yes, I did this and I don't care, that's on you. But the message that we're here doing and delivering is one that people don't want to hear because it's tearing down the comfort zones of where we have found comfortably like every church has become a church of convenience. It's more important to get your latte and sit there and take a sermon than it is to be held accountable with your feet to the fire of stuff you're doing because you know it's no big deal because you're going to go through the week and do your thing and come back next Sunday and you're going to get cleansed again. Mm. Instead of breathing in and breathing out and being accountable for every thought and action in a day, which we can't be, but we can sure strive to be. Mm. And when we walk that way, life looks very differently. Mm. So my patience runs thin when you start to get these the, 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 the comments coming out because it's making people uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, you shall be persecuted if you follow me, Jesus. Mm. Okay. And all the attempt is, is to wake people up to ultimately see that if we don't correct this and get to the core of where the problem is and where the war is, and, I, and I'll just flip it. I'm just going to flip it around. Follow the money and follow the paths. 
And where do you end up every single time? When you start looking at the weight of how much they spend in billions of dollars in advertising, what do they spend in billions of dollars in product development? What do they spend in policies for this nation? Where do they dump their money in, in the education system? What do they do for the, the issues of corporate and rules and regulations for employees? Where are they putting their weight? Follow the money. And what are you going to find? Everything has been focused and geared towards one singular thing, and it's more evident now than ever, and it is to invert and destroy the, the family that God created. Mm. So if that's what the enemy's focusing on, and you somehow think that your practices in the bedroom and the practices of choices of interrupting children when everything they're doing is waging a war on kids so they will never, ever reproduce. Right. If you think right, for a right, second, right. you think for a second that their actions are unrelated to something. And if the enemy's after it and you're not realizing that it's what they're doing to kids is exactly what God doesn't want done. Mm. Mm. All you have to do is look at the enemy and invert it. So if the enemy's waving the flag and saying, get an abortion, you might consider the fact that it's probably wrong. If the enemy's mm -hmm. opening up vas vasectomy clinics, which they're doing all over the place, you mm -hmm. might want to realize it's wrong. Mm -hmm. If the enemy's over here waving the flag of opening up clinics all over this nation to mutilate kids, cut off their breasts and cut off their genitals and turn them into something, then you might want to realize it's wrong because there's nothing in this government, in this, in this enemy's camp that is of God. Right. Everything that we live under is an inversion. Yes. So if you walk on that path and you play that game, then there is going to be a heavier accountability because where much is asked, much is given, much is asked. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty simple. And people don't, when they look at it from the biblical lens, and unfortunately when we get into such heavy influence of doctrinal focus, they'll go, well, show me the scripture. I don't have to show you the scripture. I can show you what the enemy's doing and tell you that's enough for me to know it's wrong. It's that simple. That's all mm -hmm. I have to do. It's like, oh, well, the enemy's out here raping kids. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Well, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, where's the common sense? And this is the whole problem we get into. I could be over here. I, there could be a eunuch standing over here and talking about this, and they're going to have every validity to talk about it because if they can see the trend of what the enemy's doing, the logic is going to tell them to go, well, don't do it. Mm. Right? I swear a cow can speak to this topic. And I've got eight new calves out here, and there's not, and I have one mama out here that's mourning over the fact that her animals, her calf died and was ended uh -huh. up being yeah. killed by a, a, a coyote and a, and a bunch of eagles. So it's mm -hmm. like, huh, I've got a mama over here on the property that's mourning the loss of its animal, and we're over here manufacturing, we're, we're like doing assembly line abortions and assembly line severing of seed. It's like, huh. That's interesting. How come a cow gets it and we don't? I don't know. That's And that's ultimately where this frustration comes to me. Because it's just like the message is there. And it's like, listen to it. Take mm. it to prayer. Watch what the enemy's doing. When you see what yeah. the enemy's doing, you start to understand what the enemy's after. The enemy's after the destruction of the family and the permanent, permanent uh, intersection to where the family can mm. never, ever be reproduced. Yeah. This shot where people were given, these kids are sterilized. This, these vasectomies, they're telling every one of these 18-year-olds, this is a great way to do it and you can get it reversed. The vasectomy takes 20 minutes in the office. The surgery takes three and a half hours to redo and there's not a 100% guarantee. Right. Okay? And they're selling this garbage to 18-year-olds. And I guarantee you it's going to go lower. 
because once they open up these gateways and say, I'll tell the children can do whatever they want, they're going to start selling that because that's what they're doing. This is eugenics. This is not about birth control. It's never been about birth control. It's been about the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds running a eugenics program with all their little cloning agents out here, making sure that God's children don't reproduce and they can seed the world with their satanic horrors that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I've had my say. That's good. Okay. Well, I'll pray. Okay, let's do it. God, I just thank you for everybody listening. And if you guys have listened this far, God bless your heart and God bless your soul because I recognize that you're here for the long haul and you want to be free. And so I just pray for your mind and your will and your body. I pray for restoration of your mind, will, and body. And the Lord says you are wanted and you are desired. If there are are those of you who wanted to have more children and you couldn't, maybe you didn't find the right spouse, maybe your spouse was abusive, I ask, Father God, that you would heal the situation. You heal the brokenhearted and you're the redeemer. I ask you to redeem the situation. You know, the Lord says when you die, you don't die. Uh, you live on in heaven and you have major rewards in heaven. There are many of you who have done the right thing, who have been on the right path. And the Lord says, I am with you. Um, you are my servant and I'm going to reward you. To those of you who have watched this far, who are who are going in deep, I just pray for a total cleansing and a, and, and a freedom that God will give you a vision on how to make this right, to have all the children that God has for you. Because you know that Abraham only had one son, but the Lord said, I would make you uh, uh, the father of many nations. So that when you have one child in the spiritual realm that's God's child, you can have millions of children. And the Lord says, I want you to see beyond yourself, beyond this generation, beyond your own life, into the next life. Begin to store up treasures in heaven. So every single one of us, we just ask you, Father God, to show us how to store up treasures in heaven. Help us out to see that this life um, is very short and we get, we get to just take every single day and store up those treasures in heaven. That's children, loving our children, loving our spouses, loving our friends, loving the way you would have us love. And in that love, we are sowing seeds. I pray father God, that you reform in the forge of the fire marriages, that you put new marriages together. And I pray father God for children that are provided for, that have everything that, that they need. I pray father God, that you break the spell on people's minds. You break the spell of public schools and you call all these kids out of public schools, that you wake up the churches. We just rebuke the spirit uh, of Leviathan that's choking out the message in these churches. And I go straight to the heart and I pray, Father God, for an atomic bomb of truth to go off in these pastors' minds and hearts as these demonic spirits are loose from their minds and their their bodies and the lies they've been listening to that have been silencing them. uh, uh, I heard there was kind of a spirit of, of cowardness and I rebuke that spirit of cowardness and I just awake, Father God, the lions in these men and women, that they would roar the truth. And I pray, Father God, that the eyes of the understanding would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of their calling and the riches and glory and the inheritance for the saints, that you would open their eyes so they could see their hearts, they could they could feel you and feel uh, your truth. And I just pray for this generation. And I ask for a revival to fire to spread over the whole world. And every single one of these children that's questioning their gender or being sexualized, that they would just leave their schools right now. They'd leave their daycares and they'd say, I'm not going back there. Those people are pedophiles. And the parents' eyes would wake up and say, they are pedophiles and I will never send you back. And Father God, if there are people that are not going to turn, that you just lock them up. And I thank you, Father God, you're going to bring justice and you're going to hold everybody accountable for the abuse and the molestation of these children. All of this sexual abuse, all of this gender confusion, 
and all this LGBT nonsense. You are made in the image of God, and I pray that you utterly break the stronghold and the conservative movement of uh, the sons of Sodom and Gomorrah right now. In Jesus' name, we are not going to have any more sodomy. We are not going to have the, these acts of, of what, what Noah's son did to him and, and, and stole something from him, that power. I rebuke that spirit of sodomy uh, in marriages right now and, and heterosexual marriages that have sodomy in them. You're not going to bring these demons in when you do those sodomy acts. You're bringing demons into your house, and I just rebuke them right now in Jesus' name, and I need every single one of you to begin. If you've done these acts in your home, these sodomic, sodomitic acts right now, uh, the, the you know what they are. I just ask you to plead the blood of Jesus over your bed, plead the blood of Jesus over your windows and your house, and just rebuke any demonic spirit, because there are sex acts that you are doing that are opening doors to the demonic, and the Lord says you need to close all those doors to the demonic. And, um, and just pray that the Holy Spirit would make your bread holy and righteous, and you would do this, this particular act in a way that is procreative. And I want you guys, every time that you're going together with your spouse, I want you to say, God, come into this come into this room, be with me right now. I know many of you don't like that idea. If you cannot bring God into that room, you're not bringing holiness in there. You do not, you do not, you're not holy one time and then unholy when you're with your spouse. The Lord says, make, make your marriage bed holy. Make it holy. Make it undefiled. Okay. You can do defiling things on, in holy places. Like the, the, there are many times when temples, the temple of God was desecrated. Make your bed holy and bring and husbands vow to yourself and vow to your spouse that you will be giving unto her, that you will go to her in a time when she is ready, when it's God's timing. And you will say, I just want to give unto you. I want to be intimate with you in a way that serves the, the creator, that serves our children, that serves our home and our home life. And we don't, if we don't have money for another children, if I don't have faith for that, then I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to tell you that I have needs and I'm not going to meet my sexual needs until I can meet my family's needs. I am not going to meet my sexual needs until I can meet and God, and I've gone to God to help meet my family's needs. And that's the, what you all need to go away with right now. We do not meet sexual needs until you can meet financial needs. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says that I, I'm coming just, just, just as um, you were supposed to go come together to be, to be intimate. You need to understand what it means to be provided for by God. You need to ask for the farm. You need to ask for the, the right ways to, to do work. You need to ask for God to open the windows of heaven in your family. And I just root that out. And I pray for this nation to be blessed. I thank you, Father God, that you are going to turn uh, all these migrants that are coming over the border, that they're going to go back home and they're going to bring revival to their families. South America is a really great continent. And I thank you, Father God, that these people are going to make their every single one of their countries great again. And it's going to be filled with revival and holiness, and then their families are going to be blessed. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to you're going to make all of your people who have turned to you fruitful, multiply. In Jesus' name, I'm, I pray. So, I got nothing. You got nothing. Amen. That was good, Father God. I just want to thank you for this evening. I just really want to pray right now. Most importantly, that these messages that are hard to hear will start being heard through the heart of the child. This is what we're missing constantly. Because we get self so self-consumed with what we want, and we forget what the greatest gift is into this world. And it's the world of the little ones, and the gift mm -hmm. of the little ones, and the gift of life. And until we start to step into that place to realize what that gift is and steward it for what it is, the me doesn't matter. So Father God, we, just, we, we bless those that have children, and we do. And, that, and we just continue to, this message is not, not easy to hear because people don't want to hear that anything that gets approaches them to be uncomfortable. But part of being in faith is to be uncomfortable. That's the new normal. 
And it's important mm. that we simply walk this place to understand that if we are truly going to walk close to you, there's a whole bunch of things that are going to feel uncomfortable. Mm. The greatest unit you've ever built is the family. The family was designed to be effectively a special operations unit that would withstand any attack by the enemy. Mm. And the problem is people don't want to look at that lens to realize how great that was. And now the family has been almost totally dismantled. And that should tell everybody the effect of what the enemy succeeded in and how much work we have to do. So Father God, we just place ourselves before you today and we just repent for this nation. We repent for a nation that has turned away from you and turned away from the greatest gifts. A nation that's tolerated abortion. A name is the nation that's allowed this transgenderism to explode. A nation that's embraced, that embraced birth control in all of its form, both pill and medical surgery. A nation that doesn't value what you're giving as a gift, but instead values what it owns in cars, in vehicles, in lifestyles, in being able to do what we want to do instead of realizing the sole purpose all along was to expand the kingdom. And expanding the kingdom isn't coming simply from because we go to church and we can go out and do door knocking and tell people that they're going to have to accept Christ or go to hell. It has to do with the actions in which we live. And that means everybody in one point or another is going to be accountable, me included. And with that, we have to start asking ourselves of how many children are interrupted that weren't allowed to come into this world because of choices we made. And that's not a choice of, of whether I'm going to be burdened or not. It's a choice that we can only answer through prayers to you. So ultimately, Father, this comes down to us being on our knees as a nation, repenting and opening the doors and realizing that the Little ones have always been the key. You cannot get into heaven with the heart of a child. And how can you have a heart of a child if you haven't had children? And how can you have a heart of a child if everything you've done is to stop children? Because children seek life, and we need to learn from that. So, Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you for where we are. We just pray that the people around this country will begin to wake up to this and realize that the hard discussions haven't even begun. And this is just the beginning. And if we are seeking truly accountability before Christ. If we're going to be one of those that claims that we want Jesus to return, then buckle up. Because that accountability is going to hurt. Because everything in our lives has been inverted. And we have to have the courage now, Father, to stand here before this time in which we live, to stand and look in this world and say, I've been living an inverted life. And look everywhere it is and flip those stones, dig into it, and burn that dross. And that's going to be the hard walk. And so we pray for the strength in the hearts to do it. And we pray for the strength of the people that will speak it. And we know there'll be thrown, stones thrown and we'll take them. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing here is a very, a very reduced fashion of what Christ did in carrying that cross. Because where he put victory on the cross, we're trying to bring victory into this world. And we're not waiting for some special moment where suddenly we're going to be pulled out of here. This is where we live. And it's what we're accountable for, and it's what we have to fix. And the only way we do that, Father, as you know, well know, is for us to put ourselves and speak honest truth, even when it hurts. Mm. So we thank you for these words. We thank you for this evening. We bless all those that mm -hmm. listened, and we bless the families that are growing, the families that are, and those that have had the courage to have children. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. 
Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Michelle and Leah, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you, Scott Kesterson. This is awesome. It was great. I mean, your test worked great, too, by the way. It did. We only yeah. had one little hiccup. Yeah, well, that's easy to fix. So until now, until then or the next time, God bless and... And out for now. All right, Patriots. See you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. 